0: PFT Media.
1: You are now listening to Cinema Crespediso. Chris Crespo All the
0: fun.
2: Radio Show. Everybody likes it. Listen, Listen to his shit. shit.
0: To Cinema Crespo Tiso. Episode three hundred and ninety-nine of Cinema So oh, I'm Eros Chris Crespo, chilling with Jus Way too many episodes. Three ninety-nine, feeling so fine. There are shows that have been around for over a decade now, weekly, that are like, man. Can can
2: you can you promise me we're never going to be those guys? I don't. Well, I, can <laughs> I can promise you, you won't be that guy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I can. I mean, I can say that for you. I don't know if I can say that for me. <laughs> <clears throat> Guys, uh, new episode. Here we go. Uh, we're gonna, of course, talk about it right away because it's the uh, the big news. For, man, come on! In, in, a, in a crazy year, it just it gets crazier. This is one of the craziest things that happened. No one knew. Chadwick Boseman was sick. Yeah. For the last four years. Yeah. well has well, I mean, been out there blowing our I mean, minds ob- with great work. Obviously, he did. <laughs> he, well, he, he knew but, his family he knew he was fighting but, chemotherapy, but, surgeries, no, colon exactly. cancer. Yeah, yeah. And
2: it, so oh, it, it, He was either making awesome movies mm-hmm. or dying of cancer. Or, yeah. Those were the two things that were going on in his life the last four years. Or actively not trying to die of cancer. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I know, that sucks. I mean, seriously. That's in, bad. When I saw him in The Five Bloods, I was like,
0: you know, he looks thin, mm-hmm. but... He didn't look like gaunt, thin. Uh, he had a social media post from like April that where he looked like he, whoa. He, okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So maybe he was on his way to that. No. Yeah. <clears throat> um. It sucks. Uh, it's awful. Forty-three years old. It's terrible. You know, it's weird. So it happened f- Friday night. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I like I saw it uh, on Twitter. It was shared within like thirty minutes. Right. Oh wow. Uh, like someone shared with me, like uh, the tweet was like 26 mm-hmm. minutes old. I was like, whoa, and then went to Facebook, looked in the Facebook group, and four separate people had already, already posted done it. Four separate <laughs> links. Like I wasn't even going to do it. I was like, a bunch of other people are going to do it, but already within 30 minutes of it happening, four people, four separate links uh, with variations of like, oh my god, this is so sad. People inter- never even post or interact mm-hmm. in the group, like this. I, I got to express this somehow. What do I do? Yeah, uh-huh. they, yeah. They- uh, it's crazy. It's one of those. I mean, man, probably because no one. It seems like it's out of nowhere for us. Obviously, well, no, for him, it wasn't. It's well, been a battle. But yeah, I was for about us, say, it's for, like
2: what? For for him, he's been battling this for the last fucking four years.
0: <laughs> yeah. Everybody else, though, it's yeah. We all waiting for Black Panther too. Yeah, well, <laughs> oh, <boy>. well. <laughs> that, man, they got a lot of, but they must have known behind the scenes. Obviously, I mean, I'm sure Chad, like Kevin Feige knew I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure there were
2: some people who mm-hmm. were in the loop. People uh, had to know how far they were in the loop and you know how it
0: all went. Couldn't tell you. Hell, obviously the not there. It's like whoever was supplementing his health insurance. had Oh yeah. Well, yeah hey, I'm sure. Like Sag. Sag was like, Hey, you know yeah, I'm mean? sure they knew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sure Disney knew. Yeah, it's still employer base no matter <laughs> how popular or rich you are. It's like, yeah, exactly. oh, health insurance sucks in this country. God damn, what a shitty story. So... That's awful. And I try to stay away from these rest in peace stories because it's like, okay, now let's have a fun time and talk about Werner Herzog and movie news and stuff. It's always a bummer to make that transition. It's like that Casey Kasem uh,
2: audio. All you got to do is just say Wakanda forever and move on. Chris. Oh, shit. That's the name we
0: have episode: show Wakanda forever move on. That is. Yeah. It's like Casey Kasem. Like, don't make me do this. Um, yeah, so it's like Rest in Power, Paradise, whatever you want to. What's the, what's the latest trend for the P? Uh, psh- rest in you don't, you don't keep up on any of that you, you just tried and true rest in peace the older you get the more conservative now, you become I'm just I'm, I'm tried and true oblivion
2: eternal blackness rest, remember?
0: rest in oblivion <laughs> I don't think that's how that no it doesn't that's not how the, the alphabets yeah. work yeah. Uh what well, kinda of forever. Alright, so here we go. Let's talk about uh we did see a new movie. Big, big movie, dude. The theaters are open again. The new mutants is in theaters, Bill and Ted 3 in theaters and at home for 25 bucks a pop. Unless you use Fandango, you get five dollars off. Twenty dollars there. That's up for people. I've I've heard okay
2: things about Bill and Ted. I have not heard a <laughs> single good thing about the new mutants. <laughs> 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 Although, man, see this is for me now, the New Mutants is one of those movies where like I can't wait till it hits like streaming or the Red Box or somewhere where I can get it for just like a couple dollars. Yeah. So I can j- see how I can't wait
0: to see what what happened here.
2: So somebody called it the worst X Men movie ever, that can't which be is possible. <laughs> wow. That can't be possible. It's rotten
0: tomato score. Last I checked, is in like the twenties. Okay. Uh, we will talk more about New Mutants in the second half. I have a couple of stories to talk about there. Uh, but so, no, we obviously, then we didn't see that. But Bill and Ted, three, on the other hand, uh, I, expecting a full on train wreck, well, yeah, no, exactly. I thought this was going to be the shit show to end the Keanu Sans. Well, I didn't
2: think it was going to end the Keanu Sanz. I thought this was going to be one of the one of the dips in the Keanu Sanz, though, where, you know, where, you
0: know, he was, he, he's going to remain a beloved figure. They aim high, but yeah. unfortunately, it does, doesn't no, make it for whatever. He'll reason. remain a beloved figure no matter what. But I was like, well, this is it for like, oh, no, we'll agree on anything, um, Last I checked, it has the same Rotten Tomato score as Tenet. Oh there we go. Yeah, they're both, at, they're both like eighty one percent. Okay. Out. All right. We go. <clears throat> so ex- excellent. Uh but that twenty five dollar come on, guys. The,
2: the only thing that I've I've been trying to stay away from the bill and Ted marketing, except for So, uh, so I've
0: only, I've only seen like that first teaser. Apa-
2: apparently uh Mastodon came out with a single called Rufus Lives. O- okay, then. <laughs> So right. I want to check that out at
0: least. I know Kristen sh- sh- shawls yeah shawls she's playing the new quote rufus however that works um since it is well reviewed then uh pretty pretty well reviewed and not like people are gaga over it but i don't think it's actually no yeah exactly it's sweet it's good i like it nobody
2: asked for bill and ted 3 it's here and it's surprisingly not bad if (laughs) if
0: if the theater thing goes okay with tenant which i think it will with us tomorrow as of this recording, uh, and then you know, within the few weeks, everything seems it's nothing's crazy or nothing. Also, they don't, the theaters are like, Yeah, 100, they can't do that. That's mm-hmm. all state mandated. Um, I could see myself seeing like a random Bill and Ted Thursday show. If I pull up the The theater, oh, like, yeah. oh, oh, look, there's like mm-hmm. no one in there, I can go see this thing practically by myself, so I, I ain't gonna leave that off the uh, off the table at this point. You know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So we didn't we didn't see Bill no, Yeah. No. We, we didn't. What, what what if I yelled that we saw Unhinged Russell Crowe? We did it. <clears throat> That's the one we went back to theater. I four. would say, did you drug me and
2: take me there? Because I do <laughs> not remember. remember this. Hey, don't you remember <laughs> that milk? I gave it a B.A. Baracus <laughs>
0: milk. The B.A. Baracus brand. Uh murky milk. <laughs> I love my milk. I gotta drink my milk. I ain't get on your helicopter, but I gotta drink my milk. Hannibal. Um the uh People have been going back to the to the theaters and haven't seen I mean Unhinged me like four million dollars last week. Uh most of the revenue did come from driving yeah. theaters though. I I can't I don't
2: It's not my thing. I don't know.
0: I gotta try it, but not on my my car's though. I'm not a fan. Uh it's gotta be a nice clean car. What well, and then so there's a... it's summer, it's hot. Do I keep the the engine running the whole time to keep the A C going? I mean you could. What? Right, My I, so, I mean, is that for Bolton? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. What if I got a car with big old wall for the whole time? Because it's hot out here, man. I gotta keep the AC going. Well, then fuck you, buddy. <clears throat> who, fuck who? Me? Mm. Who's me? The guy you. complaining or the guy in the car? Guy yeah, with the car. Okay. 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 Well, the fuck, you, buddy? <laughs> who are you? Are you the guy? I'm like, not the, even like, there. The next, you're not even there. <laughs> Wait, but then I can't fuck you back. Exactly. That's the point, Chris. Oh, I see what you're doing now. <laughs> That's very slick. We saw Nomad: colon, In the Footsteps of Bruce Chatwin, mm-hmm. the Werner Herzog documentary, correct? For music box films, well, at least distributed by them. Um, about uh, the writer Bruce Chatwin. You know who Bruce Chatwin is? Before nope. this? Mm-mm. Yeah, not here. I mean, no. Near I have right. no idea. But now I am interested in uh, reading this stuff. Yeah, this I mean, he's, out. He's, he sounds like a pretty cool dude. Pretty cool dude. Pretty interesting guy. Uh, world traveler uh, And prolific writer One of these guys Had uh, like a career He was doing a thing And then he just like Quit his job And, and just started traveling And writing weird shit And started writing And uh they focus on <clears throat> In Patagonia, which I guess is his first book, there's the way to talk about it? And then Songlines, which seems to be his most influential one. And they take a lot from that one where then, since it's a Werner Herzog documentary, it's not just about this Bruce Chatwin. Oh, no, no, no. Can't be. It's about like uh, singing songs, uh, the songmen and the songwomen. It's like what what happens when the last songman dies? Someone asked. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't, that sounds like a Mad Max question. Yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> that's, not, that's fucked up. I don't know. Uh And like no nomadism is yeah. that the right way to yes. say no, being a nomad? That how that yeah, lifestyle's done. Yeah. That. Yeah. No, exactly. And Then all, of course, over like evocative uh drone photography mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yes all, it's all drone photography now i
2: mean the majority of it yeah mm-hmm. but i mean that's how he gets those fucking weird strange almost mm-hmm. alien land i mean there are parts of this movie where it's like is, am i
0: watching Werner herzog's Koyaanisqatsi? is that what's going on at, here at, at times <laughs> what was that field that mine that they were mining
2: oh the opal yeah, the, the opal. giant field of opal mines which yeah. is in
0: australia mm-hmm. yeah so they spent a decent time in australia Talking to the indigenous, so many indigenous people, which it looks weird when they're wearing clothes. Oh, dude, that, like, that oh, not, they shouldn't be wearing those hats and jackets.
2: When that old aboriginal man was talking about the song lines and he just went down the stick and broke it off and tossed it, like yeah. that old man's probably like one of the wisest and smartest people on the goddamn planet. That guy, <laughs> he's 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 he, he's figured it out. Yeah, he's figured <laughs> out.
0: also that guy, he could be uh 35 years old, he could be 135. Oh, I have one. no idea. Yeah, yeah, I would believe either one. Yes. I would, I would, yeah, come, yes, yeah, like, uh-huh. oh wow, <laughs> like sir, yes, sir, no matter, uh-huh. no matter what. Yeah. I, I,
2: I mean, fuck, dude, you could tell me that dude was a thousand years old, me? and I'd be like, okay, okay, <laughs> yes, sir,
0: <laughs> <laughs> and he's still here, and he's yeah, and, uh-huh. now, and now he's wearing a hat, yeah, and the fact, Western he, civilization, yeah, exactly. Uh, it is fascinating how it's you know what was it like eight chapters, he's seven or little, eight, yeah, seven or eight it's such a shotgun approach to just like painting a picture.
2: Well, I mean, even he said in the beginning of the movie, he's like, this is just kind of a scatterbrain attempt to mm. it, this movie just kind of fell into itself
0: in his classic Herzog no. uh, voiceover mm-hmm. narration, which I read an interview where he said he like leans into that kind of stuff. He knows that over the years, that's what people have come to expect. And so he delivers on that for them. The, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That is awesome. Thank you. He's got this one coming out where they finished shooting it in December. So before all the lockdown stuff happened. So they're able to edit. And it's coming out for Apple uh, TV Plus, Apple Plus TV, whatever they call it. Um, what's it called? It's about meteorites. Yes. Yeah. Cra- crash into Earth yes. specifically and stuff. Yes. Yeah. So that sounds yes. awesome. Yes. Firestorm. That sounds about right. Something like that. Firestorm. It's the end of the earth. It's these these (laughs) messages from heaven coming (laughs) down to smite us for our inadequacies. a phenomenally ugly house. (laughs) The phenomenally ugly house.
2: I I phenomenally ugly, not just ugly. Yeah,
0: phenomenally ugly. It's a phenomenally ugly house. But then, as I was looking at it, I was like, "That looks like a house I've seen in Staten Island, off Staten Island Expressway." Then, the
2: phenomenally Mm -hmm. ugly houses.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, look at that! Look, it looks like a castle. Isn't this cool? It's got a turret. (sighs) They said it's called a turret. Okay, thanks, Gino. Appreciate it, buddy. Uh, man, was pretty good I, It's available for For streaming For rent Online at the moment Okay And then it'll be available soon I'm not sure what It'll pop up somewhere I mean it's Herzog It's Herzog It's worth All all of them are worth checking out Anytime a Herzog a Erner I got them I flipped them <laughs> I mouth flip them on you Anytime a Herzog documentary Is available People should check them out Yeah For sure It's like him Errol Morris Um, That's all I got
2: Uh, And if anything narrated by David Attenborough Oh, true
0: Yeah Any of those people Any of those general (laughs) British people over there With Attenborough At the helm of it Jump into our media diets Uh, This may be a short first half Which is fine Because we have a lot for a second half But let's see Media diet wise Only got a couple things here Uh, First on uh, the YouTubes I think it's only on YouTube They put out via Netflix their channel it's weird how Netflix has a YouTube channel okay. and they just put out stuff on that channel. Okay, like that Dave Chappelle, what was it eight forty six that that special he did mm-hmm. that's on the their Netflix YouTube channel. They released a series of well, it's just the between two ferns the movie. Uh, all the interviews they did with celebrity interviews so when they shot those 15 or 20 interviews they did shoot like full-on things and they edited them to like the four or five yeah. minutes saw that they have but then so in the movie, yeah in the movie they only show little bits yeah. of them and some of them even got cut completely so there's all all of them are like now they're full they're quote full versions they're four or five minute versions i watched like five or six of them yeah. uh it's pretty awesome but then the, the wind uh, got taken out of my between two fern sails because i as i clicked on the Aquafina one. I was like, here we go. And then I pulled up the Twitter and oh. was dead. and I was like, damn it. <laughs> and then I'm like, reading, I'm like, damn it, it's all true. Damn, it's all real. And uh-huh. then I look up and then there's like jokes, jokes, jokes. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, guys.
2: <laughs> <laughs> this is, this isn't funny anymore. <laughs> this, is not, this is not
0: being funny. Um, but it's good stuff if you like the between. The, and it's got like a dumb extended name mm-hmm. or whatever. Uh, Hulu. They have on FX an animated block an animated show called Cake. I've heard of it. Yes, I've, se- I've seen. I've
2: seen it in its television form. I know on Hulu they break it down into sub forms. Yes, yeah, from... so, yes,
0: yeah, so all whatever, all the different little shorts. They no. they group them together so you can just watch the shorts. Mm-hmm. So I uh, watched the first eight episodes. The ninth one just came out of Dicktown, mm-hmm. which is uh, John Hodgman. Okay, and it is uh, like what if Encyclopedia Brown. Right, mm-hmm. Boy, Detective Wonder, who solved uh, crimes and mysteries for kids, grew up, became uh, an a- inadequate man who f- didn't fulfill his promise, yeah. uh, was still in that town, uh-huh. and was still solving mysteries and crimes for kids. So, real life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like In real life, this is what would have happened. This is what would have happened. <laughs> uh, so, it's Hodgman as that guy. Okay. Oh. And uh, and then his co-creator it plays. Uh, growing up, it was his bully, but now he drives him around and uh, like works as his like muscle slash mm-hmm. uh, co-partner. Yeah, because they're both losers. Because they're both losers, but then of course then they become uh, unlikely friends. Mm-hmm. And I mean, because it's part of this cake block thing. Each episode's nine to eleven minutes, so obviously average of yeah. ten. Very good, ladies and gentlemen, you're paying attention. The uh, it goes by quick. It goes by quick. They're fun. They're absurd. Uh, I like it. It was an was, was easy, easy watch. Easy to put it on and just let them roll and, and dick around my phone and and have some. And it's a animation team. It's for the Archer people. Okay. For, so for that, that style. Specifically. Yeah. yeah. So there we go. Dick Town. Because it's set in Richardsville. But also Get he's it. a detective. Get it. And also their dicks. Get it. Everyone's actually. A dick. A dick. Mm-hmm. And it's fun to listen to it and be like, who's this guest voice? <laughs> that Then you watch a credits room. By, it's, like, it's like, oh, it's him. I knew it. Like, oh, it's that guy. Uh, all right, so there you go. That's all I got. I'm sorry reading the book, but I'll, I'll save that for next, next week when I read some more of it. What do you got?
2: Uh, episode two of Lovecraft Country.
0: Oh, yeah, that's right. I watched that too. Yeah. yeah <laughs> thanks, thanks for reminding me. That I love Craft Country. Shit is still I'll bonkers. I, I'll let you bring it up this week. There Yeah, we go. Oh, yeah. yeah Shit is still bonkers. It's wild, man.
2: I, I like... Uh, Oh god. The dude with the scar on his face. What's his name? Michael, that actor Michael K. Williams? I I liked that. I I, w- I was wondering if he was just going to be like uh a character that like maybe came in like halfway through or mm. at the very end because mm. like in the, the first episode I always these pictures of him and he's
0: like what they're going to find yeah true he's the mcguffin you, you think and, and it, exactly in episode two we see him so i'm happy it's weird <clears throat> by the end of episode two i was like is this is this is the season over <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, shit up it. well
2: chris apparently I, should, I don't even think shit has even hit the fan yet, unfortunately
0: it's 10 episodes yeah but when it ended, I was like, "Man, that that could have been like that." Feels like a story. And that whole, was like a pretty. That was pretty uh, satisfying. Those two episodes. The whole, uh, the whole Whitey on the Moon scene was hilarious. Whitey, Whitey on the Moon.
2: And <laughs> they're <laughs> doing this
0: ancient. Fucking... I can't even pay my bills. We got Whitey on the Moon. That is awesome. Yeah. It was, uh, it, it was good. <laughs> it's got that guy. Oh man, he was in like Ghost. I think he's the sort of antagonist in, in Ghost. Um, the guy who plays the uh, the head of the yeah. the the, the, the he, sons of Adam. Yeah, I, I think I
2: thought he almost maybe would have been a uh, a better Ozymandias than uh, Mr. Irons. Th- Irons. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah,
0: sure. Good good age, age range. Yeah, sure. that's yeah, what I'm saying. He's a good actor. Yeah, but he doesn't have the Irons name recognition. No, he does not. No, he does not. And then Irons got settled with that bad. I, I think that subplot was bad. Worst part of Ozimand. The thing keeping watchmen for me from being like, This is the the greatest show ever is a whole awesome, that whole Osmandia subplot. That was bad.
2: Right? Well one part of it was bad. One part of it was very good. Uh which part? When you find out that he's actually in the fucking sculpture. Oh no, like, that's that, that's cool. Th- that it's him. And and that, like that was like And that he was there the whole what? time. What? <laughs> yeah, that's two different times.
0: Yeah. That's been there the whole time. Oh. Yeah, sure. That, so that was fun. The other part that was, part, a, that was yeah. a fun reveal. Uh but right, Yeah, was, the frozen squids, I was lame. I was like, yeah, I don't know about all this stuff. <clears throat> um Yeah, man, it's a uh, it's um, an amazing show. I just I, love craft I, country. I'm I, really into it so far.
2: I really enjoyed how there was uh octopus tentacle during the breakfast scene just sitting there. Yeah. I was like, goddamn damn Culli worshippers!
0: <laughs> yeah, like where is this where did you get this? Where, where where did you source this from exactly? This protein? What, what sort of tentacle is this? Which fa- which <laughs> oh, <Cthulhu> farm? Oh, <laughs> farm. Okay. Okay, thank you for, I'll yeah. pass yeah. I'm a vegan now. It was fun watching the,
2: the the vampire get birthed. That was... Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man. yeah. The show was full of surprises. It is. It it was is it wacky
0: was, as fuck. And was only the second episode. That's what I'm saying. I love it. Uh, it's yeah. good stuff. Looking forward to episode three. Mm-hmm. And continued adventures through a little kind of country. Correct. All right. Sounds good. good. All right. Excellent. Uh, looking
2: for something just kind of silly, just to kind of watch mm-hmm. uh, on Netflix. Hoops.
0: Yes, this is... Who is behind this one? Is this Lord Miller? Lord Miller. It's Lord Miller and Jake Johnson it. saying dick a lot. There are. Right. So, uh, is there a person named Richard? No. Is there is there a detective? No. Is, uh, are you referring to penises? Yes. Okay, here we go. I fi- figured it out, guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah.
2: I watched the whole thing. It wasn't that good. No? I didn't think it was that funny.
0: Oh, and you watched the whole thing? Mm-hmm. How, how much is the whole thing? What's the whole thing?
2: Uh, eight ten episodes, something like that. But they're only half hour episodes. All right, but uh, still not that I good. I was I was hoping I was just waiting
0: patiently for it to get better. Yeah, and it never happened. It just mm-hmm. like trekked along yep. at a at an inadequate. And Correct. That that's a bummer. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry about that. It's
2: okay. These things happen.
0: It does happen. They all can't be winners. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, then stay away from oops. Mm, unfortunately, oops, apparently, people well, that gets a truce of Who's not a fan? Uh, two
2: dicks down. And then uh, there was a Netflix series called
0: Drug Lords. Okay. Is this also
2: an animated comedy? No. (laughs) This is a documentary about international drug lords. Eight episodes, 45 minutes each. It's fun to learn about international drug lords as opposed to just the ones here in America. So... Some fun stories from overseas.
0: Like what kind of a, we're sorry, an opium, I,
2: I, it, cocaine. It, it run, runs the border. All, everything. Runs the gamut. You bills, got, you, you, you got, uh No, mostly. That's an American thing. Yeah. Uh, so mostly heroin, crack, mm. cocaine. And then the last one was some crazy fucking Dutchman fucking uh, importing 45 tons of hash from Pakistan. It's
0: pretty bonkers. That seems to be a lot of hash. I know.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fucking crazy, dude. Man, yeah, just the was s- nuts.
0: The smell, How do you. Yeah. That's a lot of coffee. Pack it, pack it on coffee, guys. <laughs> the best from Colombia. Mm. No, I don't mean the actual coffee. Not that was not a cocaine reference. No, pack it. Don't pack it with cocaine. Oh, that that'd be double bad. That would be double bad. Mm-hmm. With the smell of the, we're not talking about that now. Uh, okay. So re- that- recommend that one. I mean, if you're into that just sort of if, true crime stuff. If you're looking for a true crime thing. No. But not necessarily like, oh, this is like resetting oh, no. the genre. <laughs> Fuck no. It's just a pass of time. No. Like, this would be on a If Netflix was a cable channel, this would oh, be yeah. on the, Oh, yes, definitely, like, yes. You know, uh-huh. Yeah, you. I got you. That makes sense. Okay. All right. Uh, we're going to take a, a break here for the first half. We got uh, Billy D's Death of the Movies, his Fantasia Fest Part 3 check-in. He's reviewing The Oak Room, Kriya, The Tension and the paper tigers. Hmm. That's a lot, that's a lot from Billy Dee. And And then we got a voicemail message that we're gonna play right after that and then we shall return with the second half of the show.
3: Watch a few movies, take a few notes. Billy Dee's death at the movies. What's up my dudes? I have been insanely busy. What the hell am I even doing? Editing, photo stuff, and of course, Fantasia Fest. But it's all worth it for these films. It's impossible to believe, but the films I've seen at Fantasia get better and better with each set. I'm very stoked for the shorts programs, which will complete my roundup next week with the final installment on Fantasia Fest 2020. But now to Fantasia Fest 2020 part three. This batch are all films I'm happy to see again as soon as they're available. One of the films I'm most eager to revisit is Cody Callahan's The Oak Room. This is a very deliberate film and it gets a lot more complicated than its simple premise would lead you to believe. RJ Mitty of Breaking Bad plays an aimless young man who returns to his hometown during a blizzard to settle an overdue debt with a cantankerous bartender, played by Peter Outerbridge. And the film plays out as a semi-real-time conversation between two men with a complicated history, but this is a tense, slow burn that unfolds in shocking ways that had me riveted to my couch. Midi and Outerbridge are fantastic, verbally sparring and playing a game of psychological chicken with each other. I can easily recommend this for fans of tight, tense, talky thrillers. Now, I need to probably apologize in advance for my pronunciation of the director's name here. Sidhar Srinivasan's Kriya is fantastic. This has got to be the worst Friday night of all time. Neil is a DJ who was picked up one night by the beautiful Sitara. She takes him home where Neil walks in expecting a night of hooking up and he sees Sitara's dying father on the floor surrounded by her family and a priest. Neil then becomes involved in a bizarre funereal rite that involves some form of Hindi black magic. This is a surreal nightmare odyssey that I loved. When a film has me shouting, just fucking go man, so many red flags, I know I'm immersed. Everything about this film is supremely well crafted. The performances across the board are great, and I was transfixed by what was happening. At the beginning, I was sort of questioning whether my lack of understanding of Hindu funereal practices was making me more uncomfortable than I needed to be. But then I was like, nope, Neil seems pretty freaked out too. I'm right where I need to be. Kriya is definitely worth watching for fans of the new wave of familial anxiety horror, like Hereditary. And now, we've all seen some terrible film adaptations of video games. I have actually long thought that the Silent Hill movie, despite all of its flaws, might be the best video game adaptation we've seen yet. That was until I saw John Tzu's Detention. This movie has atmosphere on top of atmosphere. What a creep fest. The story takes place in Taiwan in 1962 during a period of martial law where some books are banned and anti-state material is censored. A high school teacher organizes a secret study group and word gets out. The military is sent to investigate accusations of anti-state thought and this group of teenagers must band together to find out who ratted on them and survive their own interrogations. This will be a distressing watch for some people, but I really found myself engrossed in this nightmarish vision of fascism and authoritarian policies. When I discovered this was based on a video game, I was blown away, but then the Silent Hill vibes I got started to make a lot more sense. Definitely worth watching if you like Asian horror. I'm going to end my Fantasia Fest coverage on a high note this week. A lot of the films I've seen have been super dark and pretty heavy, except this one. This was a bright, shining light for me, and that's Bao Tran's The Paper Tigers. What a fucking joy this movie is. This is a kung fu coming of middle age comedy that is exploding with heart. It takes a classic martial arts story and flips it upside down. After their childhood kung fu master dies, his three students come together after almost 30 years to find out how he died. Now, I've seen this plot before, and I can name at least 10 martial arts movies with this plot, but I've never seen it like this. In America, with middle-aged actors showing their age and leaning into it for comedic effect. This is just a joy to watch. It's got enough kung fu to keep the story moving, but I fell in love with these characters. This is an ideal, film festival movie for me, one I would have been pleased to have seen in a theater with a ton of people. I also have to give them praise for casting Guy Silva. He's a rising star and this proved he's a magnetic presence even when he isn't doing a lot of fighting or flipping. I'm hoping to see a lot more from him in the future and I want everyone to watch this, and the great thing is, is that there's nothing content-wise that would keep everyone from seeing it. It's a very family-friendly film. And well, that brings my Fantasia Fest coverage to a close for this week. Be sure to be on the lookout for the big finale coming next week. There's some great films I'm stoked to talk about. Be excellent to each other. Billy D. your message after the tone.
1: Hey, what up, show? You know, I saw some stuff this week, but uh, I don't want to review anything, man. Um, This week was a bummer. uh, And it came out of nowhere. I really wasn't expecting, you know. I was kind of just drunk Friday night and uh, just happened to be on Twitter and uh, fucking exploded. Um, you know, whenever there's a death or a loss, you know, it's always tragic, um, this, I really wasn't, you know, somebody's sick, you kind of, you know, you can, you hear about the deteriorating health and, uh, you can kind of anticipate stuff, but, you know, obviously this was very private and, uh, it just sucks, man, you know, um, there's so many things you wish you wanted to say or you could have said. You know, he was on Twitter. and Not like he's in my my family or anything, but, you know, I could have said something on Twitter, you know. That you were great. You're really good at your job. You know, you moved me. You inspired people. You were powerful. And, you know, all you can say today is he was missed, you know. I was really touched by uh, Twitter, which is usually a fucking shit show. Um, but there was, like, a lot of outpouring. It was very positive. Um... Which is good to see, but it just, man, uh, you wish you could tell it to his face, like how great, how great he was to his face when it means the most. Not that it's not meaningless, but, you know, here's my call to action. Um, Give people their flowers, man. Give people their flowers while they're here, while it means the most, you know. If you have a relationship that you value in your life, it can be a parent or a significant other or your old college roommate, you know, give them their flowers now while they're still here, you know, um, tell them they're great, tell them that they inspire you, and they make you want to be better, and that's it, Uh, I don't know, seemed important to say, all right, peace.
0: Oh right, wow. little back, thank you, Billy D. Follow him on the Twitter and the Of Bloods and the Instagrams and the Facebooks and the whatnot. And also thank you, Gabe, for the voicemail. You can leave us a voicemail at one eight five 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 uh Crespidiso says. That's one eight hundred five 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 Crespediso says either S-E-Z or S A Y S. That's up to you.
2: All right. Alright.
0: Uh you can email us cinema crespediso at gmail com and we'll read it on the shows like this. Got an email from
2: Cremella. Cremella! Hey guys, what movies have you seen that might wind up in your Slim Pickens Top 10 of 2020? Here are the ones I've seen that popped up in my mind in no particular order. Alright. One, Palm Springs. Yes, it is Groundhog Day 2.0. Once you get past that, almost everything <coughs> in the movie worked, from the jokes to the way it looked on Hulu. That's pretty good. That's a good choice. Sorry. Number two, Peninsula. A fun mm. mashup of 28 Days Later and Escape from New York that definitely doesn't take itself too seriously. Coming soon. Excellent. I haven't had a chance to see it yet. As soon as we can, though. Oh, yeah. So, uh, number three, Swallow. A slow-burn mm-hmm. psychological horror about someone who starts swallowing objects with an increasingly diff- with increasing difficulty level.
0: Ari Asterlight on VOD. Uh, Billy D, I remember he reviewed that one as well, I think, for a. Uh, Billy D's other the Movies, and he liked it very much. Mm. Yeah.
2: Uh, the Painter and the Thief. My favorite documentary of the year about an artist meeting and developing a relationship with the person who stole her most valuable work and somehow lost it while he was wasted.
0: On Hulu. Yes. That one, the trailer for that looked really good. Number five. You're the first person who's. No one's ever seen me before. You're the first person to have seen me. Spoiler alert. Number
2: five. Possessor. This film from Brandon Kornenberg could be in an Existenz <laughs> shared universe. It even has Jennifer Jason Leigh in a small role. Ooh, it nice. definitely
0: holds up to his father's work. Excellent. Coming soon. With an Angel Ridesboro. Yeah, looking forward to that one.
2: Well, on number six, <clears throat> Bill and Ted 3. This is the second best comedy of the year behind Palm Springs. Mm. The plot is just okay, but was refreshing to see the comedy that had no sex jokes, drug jokes, puking, shit, or piss jokes. Great casting choices as well-written movies and mostly land in what might be the best family movie of the
0: year. No. on VOD. All right. Shockingly conservative take from Carmela. All right.
2: And seven through 10 we to hear, be determined. We, we hear you, Fox News. <laughs> Number seven through 10 to be determined. Hopefully, Tenet and Dune help fill out what is going to be the weakest year in modern movie history.
0: Yeah. Party on, Chris and Drew. Yeah, man. What a bummer. A Good list. Uh, so far. I appreciate that yeah. for sure. What could we... uh Oh, boy. <sighs> Uh, we we saw some cool, like, VOD stuff th- through the Enzian, but uh, some of those are technically 2019 movies. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that Fakurao movie was, like, a 2019 movie. That was mm-hmm. kind of cool. That had, like, a weird Takashi miyake energy to it at times. Like, we're just making it up as we go along. Mm-hmm. You we know? <laughs> don't
2: really know what's it, going on yeah, here. And
0: which means neither do you. Yeah, that's <laughs> You're true. Cor- correct. you right. I do not. <laughs> yeah. No, this makes it exciting that is tough um you know what i can do because this this helps a lot with at the end i found the last couple years this helps with my end of the year top 10 and bottom 10 list making purposes oh here it is right here i go through my crespo hundo which i'll have linked together uh and i can tell you that like bad boys for life is unfortunately now very very high on the list because what the heck i can't nope i will not Underwater. I've been wanting to rewatch that just for the ending. It's a mediocre movie with a great ending. And I like Kristen Stewart. I'm not like these other people. Um, Some people really like The Gentleman
2: tell me it was, it was okay
0: at best it's kind of forgettable i forgot a lot about it so, i mean like uh, literally i forgot it i've uh, forgotten so much uh, about it uh. i'm a fan of birds of prey but a lot of people aren't it's kind of got a device i mean it did, audience at, at it. this
2: point in time that's probably going to be at least my number 10 if not higher depending on how things go
0: a lot of people like the invisible man
2: uh, no um not
0: on my top 10 no way yeah, now, see, now we're getting to... Now uh, COVID has kicked in. Now I'm looking at movies like Corpus Christi. Remember that one? The Polish film. Well, Extraordinary that was surprisingly good. Extraordinary was that one about the, the Irish horror comedy. Yeah. Uh, that was all right. I mean, these movies are, like, okay. I mean, hell, depending on how
2: this... Fucking year goes first cow might end up on my top 10. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm,
0: I'm, that I'm, might I'm, round I'm, it all out. <laughs> uh I can give you a spoiler for uh for your worst of list, Capone. Oh, oh <laughs> man, that is going to be man, that fucking movie. <laughs> um Lucky Grandma was good, but I think that this maybe technically like a 2019 mm-hmm. release. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed that one. Um speaking of comedy is Cremella King of Staten Island. Uh, yeah, like nah, that's that good. Thank God. um nah, was good. Um, Wakanda Forever, the Five Bloods, would make my top ten. Yeah. At this point in time, yeah. yeah. It would, for sure. Maybe even like in a normal year, it would come close to my top ten. But this year, for me, for sure. Uh, here we go, First Blood. Uh, not First Blood. First Cow. First Blood is something different. Rambo, First Cow, Part 2. <laughs> oh, that's a weird movie. Hey, this cow, you know I need the milk <laughs> for my biscuits. <laughs> Um, oh also probably in the bottom 10 tax collector for a worse of list They may end up because again uh, I just ha- haven't seen all, that many movies it all
2: depends on how many movies I end up seeing that's a problem I mean that's definitely not making my top 10 list but it might not be bad enough to make my bottom 10 list either
0: and then some of the better movies I've seen this year have for sure been from the Florida Film Festival mm-hmm. like Outside Story and Currency uh, Drought was pretty good At the Video Store was pretty good
2: so I mean fuck some of the best things that I've watched this year have been old anime. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like ancient
0: <laughs> that I just didn't know about. Yeah, my favorite movies so far have been like the Lone Wolf and Cub movies. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there is some good stuff coming out. Um, potentially good stuff. Caveat, Exemptor, uh, Knock on Wood, et cetera, et cetera, Charlie Kaufman's I'm Thinking of Ending Things comes out. On Netflix. On this week, actually. Is it this week or is it next week? Uh, on the 4th, I okay. think. So... I think for episode 400, we'll be reviewing Tenet and a new Charlie Kaufman, yeah. which is like, what? all year, <laughs> all year we got nothing, and now we want us to do two movies, to give you motherfuckers.
2: Well, that's a, well, that's like all year I've got no video games to play, and then within two yeah. days, fucking yeah. two A giant <laughs>
0: titles dropped, I'm just like, I don't know what you've to been, do. You've been fretting about that for a while. <laughs> Cyberpunk's going to be sitting there like, play me, play me. <laughs> but I'm going to be playing about <laughs> Um and then also Ben Wheatley, his adaptation of the novel Rebecca comes out on Netflix in a couple months. I mean, fucking And that's gonna be a pretty big deal. I mean,
2: we've had a lot of really good series this year. Fucking Perry Mason sure. was great. Lovecraft right? Country's been doing good. Really enjoyed we, that. We've got uh season two of the boys drops next week. Watchmen was this year too. Watchmen was this year. Yeah. Uh and have you seen the uh the trailer for uh, I think it's on Amazon. Raised by Wolves, the new Ridley Scott show. That's on HBO Max. HBO Max. Yes.
0: That looks bunkers as fuck. I, I've only seen like still images, and I'm already on board. I saw that starts very soon. I, I saw a
2: teaser for it mm-hmm. with uh, uh, Travis Fimmel, and he looks. You saw, how's Travis doing? He looks like fucking Ragnar Lothbrok still. <laughs> I, just, I can't get it out of my head. It's kind of because he he has a uh, kind of this the same hairstyle mm-hmm. he's got like a big scar on his face now but he's still he looks like a fucking future viking future
0: <laughs> I fought in the future viking wars <laughs> yeah we got laser swords but also there was mud uh yeah I, that's gonna be exciting so, that's, that's HBO max yeah so that looks great too mm-hmm. yeah so there's there's for sure stuff TV uh, movie wise it's been brutal uh, you just got pushed till next yeah. year. All the good stuff got Talking pushed. Mandalorian was
2: awesome this year. There's also
0: um, Wonder Woman will be coming out in a couple months. So that was also potential to be good. Yeah. This yes does. Potential. Would it be a top 10 in a normal year? Probably not. This year, just, just come out and you make it. Yeah. <laughs> That's all you got to do. <laughs> yeah. At this point. Come on, guys. Um right. Thanks, Corel. We appreciate it. Yeah. You got another email? Yes. What we got? We got an email from Scott. What's up, Scott?
2: Mm-hmm. Hey, guys. Have you ever experienced a weird break in a movie at the time you thought was actually part of the movie, but turned out to be just a technical glitch? Mm. Let me explain. Please do. First time I encountered this phenomenon was in a theater watching American Sniper. It's the scene where Bradley Cooper and his fellow soldiers are invited into a home of locals and Bradley feels like something ain't right about this family. In the theater, halfway into that scene, the screen turned red, like Terminator mode. The, screen, uh, the scene went on for more than two minutes in red, and Bradley is ultimately proven right. He discovers a huge stash of insurgent weapons that is seemingly innocent family's house. At the time, sitting in the theater, I actually thought that the red shift was Clint Eastwood's choice <laughs> as the film's director to show how Bradley's character was indeed a super soldier with superior instincts. <laughs> nah, it was just the theater's digital projector malfunctioning at exactly the right time. Moment! Wow. Then it happened again, today! This time, I'm watching a truly awful movie on Hulu called 222. It's a big, climactic scene. The bad guy has already shot our good guy once, and now he's about to shoot the hero again to finish it. But right when he's gonna pull the trigger, the screen goes black for about eight seconds. The pause felt completely natural, because the movie had already established its ridiculous theme of time loops and alternate realities. It was really... I was really fucking fed up with the movie by this point. However, this break seemed like a cool artistic choice, and I kind of liked it. Surely, this was a harbinger of another clever maneuver to change the timeline. Nope. It was my Wi-Fi crapping out for a spell. A quick refresh of the movie ended with far less intrigue and suspense than the black (laughs) screen had to offer. That's fine. So, any similar stories? Take care, guys. I, it's funny. I don't have anything specific, but like that's that has for sure happened. It it, it must have happened. I just can't think of any specific things.
0: Like I, I can think. Of, there's at least one time where sitting in a theater where the picture cut out, but the sound kept going, and people are like, "Is this supposed to be? This, <laughs> is, this is this character blind?" What's going on? <laughs> Did they just get a bag put on their head? Is that one of those things? it keeps going, keeps yeah. going, and finally, you got to let me get up and get out of here and go go talk someone about this. Something like that's for sure happened. It's funny though where. You want to go with it, yeah? You're you're right.
2: Like you're like maybe this is part of the movie. Like, oh, this is an interesting. Choice. <laughs> I don't know if I like <laughs> it. It's
0: a choice, though. Yes, that's very, that's very, very funny. Um, but I can't think of anything specific. Me here unfortunately. Um, is that that's a that's, free email? Them's are the earmerles. Thanks, guys. We appreciate you. Awesome patreoncom slash so you can sign up there for our bonus episodes that come out every week on Friday. This week. Uh, we're just this past week. We re- really start. Uh, what is it? What month is it? August? I have no idea what's going we- on. We released our eighth of 12 Psychology episodes. The Glimmer Man. That's the right. The Man. <laughs> We talked about what does it mean to be a glimmer man? How does Brian Cox know any of that stuff? <laughs> <coughs> Who are the people that reported back? So he got the name. How does this, this, this work? We talked about all of it. It's a lot of fun. Uh, how does Nikki Cox play in the movie? And Stephen Tobosky? Well, you got to watch the movie to find out. And then listen to the episode. Patreon.com slash Crespity. So. And uh, I think so. I just jump into the stories here. Yeah, let's jump let's we got a bunch of stories. Rose McGowan back in the news, but this time feuding with her fellow white ladies. Okay, Uh, a week ago she got into it with Patricia Arquette for for some reason. I can't recall the exact nature of that little Twitter back and forth. It was a snipey, that's what it was. Uh, But now she's going after a longtime rival, uh, and 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 not 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 best friends. Alyssa Milano mm-hmm. uh, let me see where this, this, is, this is good stuff this is good stuff um, final night of the DNC McGowan criticized the Democratic Party for what he saw as their failure to accomplish anything for the people they represent Milano then tweeted a thread of all the things the Democratic Party has done to make the world a better place like a whole thing on the 19th mm-hmm. Amendment et cetera. Et cetera. Mm-hmm. McGowan contested several Milano's points as their online feud intensified Which led to Milano concluding her thread by writing, Rose and anyone bleeding, Democrats don't help people, nonsense. Your lies are going to hurt people less privileged than you. It's the kind of thing an actual fraud would do. Uh, Back and forth, back and forth. Right, right, here we go. Then McGowan gets personal. (laughs) This is where it gets good. She then... uh, According to this article, quote, leveled personal allegations against her former co-star, accusing her of creating a toxic environment on set and of appropriating the Me Too movement. Uh, McGowan claims, you stole hashtag Me Too from Tarana, the person who came up with the hashtag. You co-opted my movement, The Cultural Reset, for fame, jealous of me for outing my rapist. You want to say that Milano made 250k per week on Charmed, but claims that she threw a fit in front of the crew, yelling, They don't pay me enough to do this shit. Appalling behavior on the daily. I cried every time we got renewed because you made this set toxic as fuck. Now get off my coattails, you fucking fraud. <clears throat> so, what team? Who you side with? McGowan or Milano? I don't give a shit. Come either, on, right? You got to pick one of them. No, I don't. Uh. I've always liked Melissa Milano because she's been into uh, shakes baseball and does fantasy baseball stuff. Okay. I was like, oh, I mean, it's cool, but I mean, does she really? I could understand the the most highest paid person on a set also being the uh, the pettiest and the one making things more difficult for everyone.
2: Neither of us were there. How can we really know?
0: Because uh, it, Twitter it, is here. It,
2: it, it's <laughs> she said. She said. It's doesn't fucking matter. It's it's she said. She said. That's what I said. <laughs>
0: Uh, James Wan We're gonna be Jumping around a lot This is what we Always mean, just, jumping around just uh, Aquaman Jump around 2. Jump
2: around Jump up Jump up and Get down Chris
0: Jump jump Everybody jump <laughs> You know he's in Judgment Night Remember Judgment Night The uh, Aquaman 2 mm-hmm. He's promising Quote a New worlds In terms of Like underwater Okay Type stuff Okay Did you ever read well, Aquaman No How about What's the other one? Mariner. I imagine they're like...
2: Oh, Namor the Submariner? Yeah, I imagine
0: they're kind of like... Uh, not not really, no. They're not like a uh, one-to-one sort of... No, we,
2: like we don't... It, I mean, yes, Namor is Atlantean, but it's not like we ever... We never go back to Atlantis. Mm.
0: True. Okay. He's just like hanging out here. Yeah. But underwater, though. Yeah. Yeah, okay.
2: With wings on his feet. Feet wings. Because that makes him
0: swim better. With his arms to it sides, <laughs> I like how they swim in Aquaman, where they're just like, like a missile. They're just like, whew, <laughs> where are they getting the propulsion from? <laughs> Don't think about it, Chris. Magic. Don't, Don't think about it. Uh, Adam Sandler making more Netflix movies. Okay. This one is called Hubie Halloween, and it's a horror comedy. It's first ever horror comedy. Okay. It's PG thirteen, and we got a rating. It's a horror comedy. What do you think it'd be rated PG thirteen for? Uh, 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 some sort of stupid kitty violence. Kitty violence? Kitty violence would be cool. It says it's PG thirteen for crude and suggestive content, language, and brief teen partying. <gasps> teen partying That means just like a kid doing a bong rib or something. But uh no. Nothing horror related. Interesting. <clears throat> no tense situations, no. no scares, no No, no blood. So I, uh, I think calling it a horror comedy may kind of a little loosey-goosey.
2: Maybe it's one of these uh, semi-scary kids Halloween things. Maybe,
0: yeah. I mean, but it's Adam Sandler. Maybe he's producing and not going to be in it. No, he's going to be no in it. He's in all these goddamn movies. Uh, uh, I know you're going to be excited about this, Drew. Welcome to the return of The Nutty Professor. Okay. Yeah, 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 baby, it's back. Jerry Lewis did it originally. Mm-hmm. Eddie Murphy crushed it. Mm-hmm. '90s. Now, it's coming back according to the Deadline. Uh, the people who are relaunching the Scream franchise now, where they're bringing back oh. a lot of older people to was I think it's Scream Five. Technically, they're doing. Um, that company is Project. X Entertainment. That's not. That's an ominous name. For, mm-hmm. They are doing uh, a new. They acquired the rights for a Nutty Professor.
2: Okay. Well, good for them.
0: And uh, James Vanderbilt, one of the guys behind it. He his writing credits include the Rundown, Zodiac, and the Amazing Spider Man.
2: Good. Good.
0: Not so good. <laughs> <laughs> Like, yeah, yeah, oh, 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 boy. oh boy. so we'll see how it goes. Nutty Professor, I'm open to it. I mean, who gives a shit? It's just a dumb I mean, is uh, there, for, tra- tra- transformation, wish fulfillment. For me, it's going to be all about who the Nutty Professor is yeah, 100%. You get the right person in there, it could be, and that dictates so much about the tone of it, the law and, of everything. Yes, yeah, yeah precise. So, we have to wait, we have to wait to see who they get. <clears throat> But it, but it is underway, though, it seems. So prepare yourselves, people. Uh, Netflix canceled two shows specifically because of COVID-19. Mm-hmm. And these cancellations are interesting because they happen. Uh, at least one of them had a season two set to go, set to begin filming. Okay. And they canceled it right before that. Haven't heard of these shows? Some people might have, though. Maybe you came across them as you were scrolling, Drew. The Society? Mm-hmm. No. Okay. I am not okay with this. mm Well, the Society had already been renewed for season two. Okay. Uh, that was beginning to start filming next month, <clears throat> but that's not happening now. I am not okay with this. Uh, based on a graphic novel, was given the green light for season two. scripts have been written. However, looks like it, it won't wah, wah. Uh, This is from Netflix. We made the difficult decision to not move forward with the seasons of the, those shows. We've disappointed so i have made them do... COVID here we go and we're grateful and the blah 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 and there's no this is just just words mm-hmm. they're just put out words Um, we're seeing a, a bunch of that there's either shows that can survive the the lockdown and they can wait to, to be up and running and ones that cannot and ones like we can't continue I guess keeping all you people on payroll as you said they're doing nothing because maybe that's what's happening no. like we're doing these shows we have to and then they don't justify the, the amount of eyeballs on them like uh, a season two won't really bring that many more subscribers anyway so no. why are we going to spend the money on a season two that's tough but it's also business yes it is that's how, that's how business works um, I think so I'm not sure I actually know nothing about business speaking of Texas Chainsaw Massacre the franchise that will never die mm-hmm. they're doing uh, another sequel whoever they are who is they they are some people some people some, okay. some people legendary pictures Legendary. Gotcha. Pretty big company. Yeah. Legendary. This is according to Deadline. Uh, Ryan and Andy Tohill were hired to direct the movie. And apparently one week into filming, they got fired. All right. Well, they must uh, suck at their job. Uh. Well... It's the old creative differences, uh, apparently, according to the We want to do this.
2: Well, we want you to do that. Well, we don't want to do that. Okay, then you are fired.
0: Okay. You would think they would, they would figure it out before they get into filming, though. You would think so. So, it's a case of, like, they've been filming for a week. They were looking at dailies and legendary pictures. was like, we don't like what we're seeing here. Mm-hmm. So, they fired him, found another guy, a cinematographer turned director, who uh, looks like he's won some Emmys. And his name is David Blue Garcia. And he will be directing. All right. This, uh, surely not very good. Well. But what if it is good? What if it, you know... Who, it, it, why can't these movies be good? Right? I mean, it could be. Any movie could be good. It has the potential, they yes. They all have that kinetic potential. Mm-hmm. Turn that kinetic potential. It's just
2: the majority of the... the energy. It goes... Bzzz,
0: oh, yeah, the dud. It's like all this, uh, firecracker really, uh, fizzled out here at the end. Mm-hmm. Um... We have something in common uh, soon here with uh, Tom Cruise. Okay. Because he went and saw Tenet, and then we, we're going to see Tenet, too. So it's like, yeah. hey, both of us. We're in the I Saw Tenet Club. We're like the same guy, practically. <laughs> <laughs> now I get it. Now I understand what it's like to be Tom Cruise. No, you don't. I you never me. will. I never not even, Nope. Not even close. He uh, put out a video, or his social media team. I don't know how this works. But at Tom Cruise on Twitter and then on other, other channels. Put out a, about a minute long video of him in a in a taxi in London on a rainy ass day, going to see a screen of Tenant. And uh, it's never addressed, but it looks like it's Christopher McQuarrie who's with him. Is y'all masked up? All messed up. All up. Okay. Th- yeah, they're, they're both messed up. Uh, and they haven't even shown them watching movies in the theater with their masks on. And then. The subtitle Tom Cruise, and he stands up as he's walking out of the theater. He's like, oh, great to be back in the theater. Like He addresses all the people. Yeah. And people are just like, <laughs> this "Fucking what the hell is Tom Cruise
2: doing here? What's he doing here and why is he addressing us? <laughs> and why is he telling me that he's... Ha- I mean, I'm happy to be back in the
0: theater too, Tom, but yeah. why? Why are you shouting at us? <laughs> Keep your mouth shut. It's a pandemic. Uh, but he, he's going. He's like, listen, I perform stunts for a living. This is the most dangerous thing I've ever done. Not really. I
2: mean, time. he's just trying to be, That's you right. know, an ambassador for the, uh, the, the the movie industry. For
0: the big screen experience. And mm-hmm. then, surely, also, uh, considering the way him and Macquarie are making this Mission Impossible movies, they got to be fans of what Nolan's doing with well, the. Fuck with yeah! The Tenet. It's supposed to be a lot of uh, practical. Mutual admiration. Practical effects working tenant, yeah. yeah. Mutual admiration society. Let's talk about that, New Mutants. Okay, that that apparent Mm -hmm. shit show. Apparently, the worst X Men movie ever made. I don't understand that that's impossible, man. Not possible. Um, a few things here. First off, with which one? Which article is this one? Josh Boone talks about how much the movie changed. Uh, it was shot in the first half of 2018. Okay, man, a long time ago. That's wild. That's crazy wild stuff. He confirms, according to him... It actually started production. That's when it was shot. It started production in 2017. Um, And then the sale... Here's the timeline. So it starts production 2017. They shoot it 2018. The Disney-Fox uh, merger was 2019. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh... And then here we go. So here, during the merger, left the door open for a lot of rumors about New Mutants' delay, specifically those saying that there was need for big changes and reshoots, and apparently wasn't actually a significant part of the writer's experience behind the scenes. Instead, Boone says the biggest thing that's been going on with the movie in the last couple years is that nothing has been going on, that the film was effectively waiting for the dust to clear from the merger before post-production continued to get finished and ready for release. Quote, it really hasn't changed much. Because we were never able to do any reshoots or any sort of pickups or anything like that. So the story never changed. We had about a year plus of Limbo where the Disney Fox merger happened where literally nothing happened with the movie at all. The visual effects, the work on that was stopped. So I never saw finished visual effects until this past year. It's why you see more of that stuff in trailers now because you were seeing just stuff with practical effects for the most part. So uh, people were... Speculating that the reason we're not seeing anything uh, is because they're going through reshoots or they're changing this and they're changing that. It literally just sat on a shelf. And then Disney was like, well, we don't want this thing. Well, it's part of the package. (laughs) Unfortunately, you Uh, bought this thing. You got to finish it. And also there were um, the speculation, I guess you can say, or rumors. That's their contract for the movie. Like had a theatrical clause, like you can't just dump this; that has to come out in theaters. Yeah. So maybe that's part of the reason why now, like, oh, theaters are opening. Uh, let's dump it out now. Let's get it, get it out let's of the way. Let's do this. Let's get it out of the way. Um, but I got some more follow-up news. <sighs> this one, this one is turning into uh, for su- such an. <laughs> Such an it, apparently garbage movie. <laughs> it Actually, I mean, I guess it all makes sense. If it's going to have this tortured journey, all this is going to make sense, but here we go. Per the Vulture report, Fox was so disappointed with the movie Josh Boone delivered that there was talk of reshooting the entire movie from scratch. Wow. <laughs> Wowzers. Um, here's a quote. In post-production, a studio exec noted that a total do-over would not necessarily be a financial wipeout, given the film's relatively bargain budget. Relatively bargain budget. You could throw the movie out, start over, and it would still be the least expensive X-Men movie so far.
2: Well, I mean, here you go. I mean, if they decide... I mean, if they do decide to scrap everything, they don't have to... They they saved their effects budget, mm-hmm. at least their digital effects budget, because yeah. they're not going to do that yeah. work.
0: So they put that towards the uh or the final VFX. Yeah. Whatever cut they saw was at some effects. But yeah, you're right. Um so apparently, Fox just wanted to redo the whole thing. And then the merger happens. And then and that and kind COVID of. That ties into Boone's other thing where it's like, well, there were no reshoots because the merger happened. And then once the, the.
2: Merger happened, nobody gave a fuck about us. Fox
0: wasn't like, all those Fox execs were like, let's just reshoot the thing. They were all gone. Yeah. And then Disney was like, yeah, we'll just dump this out. Um, this is according to the, uh, a vulture report. The vulture report has some early story details, including the reveal that the original script featured X-Men member storm acting as a sadistic jailer. Um, the EW entertainment weekly report contradicts this. They had a 2015 draft that said it was a more direct spin-off of X-Men apocalypse and featured professor X Hank and storm. So McAvoy and Nicholas Holtz would have come back in that original script, but that never happened. Um, Skip that, skip that, skip that. All right, that's it for that. And then, uh, do I have this here? There was another story about how the creator mm-hmm. of the New Mutants mm-hmm. got very upset. Well, I'm sure because
2: it, 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 I'm pretty sure, if I remember correctly, the only person that actually looks like their character is, uh, Magic. Uh, which one's Magic? The, uh, what's, her face? Uh, chick. Uh, what's her face? Blonde chick. What's uh, her face, Blonde?
0: Anya Taylor? Yes.
2: Okay. Her. She's the only one. Okay.
0: Well, here's... Uh, his um, name is... Because I'm pretty sure everybody else looked completely different. The last name... M-C-L-E-O-D. Like Mick- McLeod. McLeod. McLeod? It's McLeod. It's I, pronounced McLeod. I was going to say Macleoid. Matt McLeod. Cloud. McLeod. Bob McCloud He's the creator Bob McLeod. Um, Here's his uh, post I was very excited when I heard They were making a New Mutants movie I thought making it a horror movie was an interesting idea But not at all how the characters should be introduced to the public at large But hey my characters in a movie I never would have thought that would actually happen But then I was disappointed when they didn't give Danny braids Although I like Blue Hunt I was disappointed when Rain wasn't a redhead With spiky hair although I adore Maisie Williams. I was disappointed that Sam isn't tall and gawky, although I do like Charlie Heaton, but mainly I was very disappointed that Roberto isn't short and dark-skinned. Another example of Hollywood whitewashing. There's just no excuse. So basically, hashtag Josh Boone erased everything I contributed to the way the characters look. And now, the movie has come out at last, and apparently they created someone named Bob... Macleod, M A C L E O D, as co-creator. So mm. they got his name wrong. So they can't even spell his last name. They couldn't even be bothered to check the spelling of my name. Sometime in the last three years, and that can't be fixed. That will be on the movie forever. I think I'm done with this movie. He thinks he's done with this movie. At this point, uh, that's pretty. Yeah, that's pretty harsh stuff, right well, there. I mean, that's what
2: happened with what you, your. You but if i you sell your artistic talent for a price and then creative control gets taken away it, from you. It got taken
0: away, Bob, and now you got erased. You got whitewashed. I appreciate Bob McLeod uh, sticking it up for his
2: original creation for his
0: brown yeah. his brown and black creations. Came up with sunspot. Sunspot apparently is a. Uh, uh, taking a bigger role in new Avengers stuff, but at the same time, they've been um, anglicizing them, making them even more uh, wider and wider. Um,
2: see, I can only, I can only vision Sunspot. With powers on, and he he was like a human torch type thing. So mm-hmm. you know, if his powers were on, there was no skin color. Right. So I can't even. I don't even. I couldn't
0: even tell you what skin color he actually was. He should be a dark skin. Is a Brazilian kid. Oh, okay. Um, his dad is Brazilian and his mom is white. He grew so up, yeah, he grows up in Brazil. So yeah, Brazilian. So he should look like a Brazilian. Yeah, he should look like a uh, uh, Pele. Yeah. But instead, now they're drawing to look like uh, Bruce Wayne. Oh, God damn it! Yeah. It's like I am Roberto. But they sexy, Roberto, mm. for the white kids to not feel threatened. Well, maybe he's a German immigrant from Chile. I'm a German immigrant from Chile, Roberto. I My parents are hiding for some reason. <laughs> my parents were Nazis. They were not. <laughs> yes, they
2: were
1: not. <laughs> <clears throat>
0: um, Mandalorian Carlos Esposito reflects on playing a non-white villain in the Star Wars universe. Is this the first time we've had a non-white villain? I guess. Well, I th- that was kind of the point of the empire that they were kind of a uh, fascist, white fascist. Yeah, that fascist was fascism.
2: That was the point.
0: <clears throat> he says, even
2: though all the stormtroopers were fucking Maori, apparently.
0: Yeah, so apparently, <laughs> yeah. clone Maori. So just like not even people. Yeah. Um, Jean Carlo Esposito. Well, it means a lot to me because I've strived in my career to be colorless. I am a I am of mixed race, half Italian, half African-American. And I grew through the period of time where I was relegated to playing thieves and thugs. I learned how to do a Spanish accent to play Spanish street characters who were murderers, killers, robbers alike. So for me, it's a crowning moment I could get a phone call from John Favreau to say, I wrote a role for you, meaning he's not being asked to play a uh, no. Spanish character. Okay. Certainly I'm captivated on... Uh, wait, this is... Uh, the, the, this I'm talking about progress in, uh, in roles being cast. Certainly, I'm captivated and wonder enthusiastic that this character could be and it is me, someone who has an understanding of what race and status mean here in America and has suffered of that as well. But my Hollywood family has grown throughout the years to become more and more understanding that we are special because actors are actors you don't have to be a color to play a role. Uh, for the most part. Yeah. I'd say. I mean, if Jesus is a white man, I don't want to see white men playing my Jesus. No, Only the blonde-haired... White men. Can we get a Chris Pine Jesus movie already? Can we not? I want a Jesus movie where Jesus is played by it's like I'm not there, where he's played by six different people, but it's like Ryan Gosling, Bradley Cooper. <laughs> you just want to <laughs> I mean if you
2: if you really want to do it weird, you can just like g- get on the horn with the Skarsgard clan and just have <laughs> them be Jesus. All the Scars. <laughs> get the whole clan in on it.
0: Uh it's a Skarsgard only, Christmas. Only Scarsguards and Hemsworths. <laughs> It's like one of these hemswords got fat. <laughs> one of these Jesus is really fat. He looks like the other ones. It looks like the handsome ones, but... uh still like, so chunky. But like he ate a sandwich. Um. Yeah, yeah I, paid, I paid a lot of money to see that. <laughs> uh, the Color Purple was first. I think technically it was a book, actually. Color Purple. The movie. Mm-hmm. Got turned into a musical mm-hmm. movie, won awards. Mm-hmm. Musical won even more awards, mm-hmm. kind of recently too. Cynthia Erivo won uh, Tonys for okay. for the Color Purple musical. Um, Beyonce dropped that visual album on Disney Plus. Black mm-hmm. is King. The director of that is going to direct the the movie musical version. Yeah, so it's coming full circle. Now it's coming full circle there. Mm. And well,
2: no, I guess somebody has to do, you know, one of those versions of the movie musical for it to come full circle
0: oh yeah that'd be funny yeah the novelization of the musical yeah. of the um they better cast Cynthia Erivo in the, in the same role and then she better win a goddamn Oscar <laughs> that'd be funny uh, cause then she would win a Tony and an Oscar for the same thing and an Emmy for the album cause uh, yeah yeah, she won an Emmy for, a, then, she then, an Emmy for the album, and, and, then, and she won a then, Tony. And then
2: they all, all they have to do is release the album again, and then she can win a Grammy for that. And then, That's what I'm going to say. That's what I'm going to say. Not an <laughs> Emmy. That's not,
0: yeah. Not, not an Emmy. Or did she win a daytime Emmy for that? Yeah. and hey, she'd be an EGOT winner for the same goddamn, isn't that crazy? That's, like, unheard of. Um, but anyway, we can all dream. We'll see. It's just it's just announced. It's just getting started now. That's a couple years away. That's a spoiler alert for, for two years from now. When, Drew uh, Drew's not on the show anymore. When he abandons us. Abandons you, listeners. Specifically.
2: I'm gonna abandon you too, don't worry. Oh, yeah, that's no, right.
0: I'm like, I'm like, Drew! Drew, you there? Hello? Gone, gone. Um, Amy Poehler is gonna direct a documentary on, uh, Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz. We gonna be called Leslie and Ducey. Ducey? Leslie and Ducey is <laughs> the name of my, uh... <laughs> That's my porn adaptation of the documentary. Oh, Leslie and Ducey. Leslie, Leslie and Ducey. <laughs> I thought I
2: thought it was more about uh, a, a lesbian and a shit out of Yeah. No, that's what it
0: is. Yeah, that's what okay. it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, And how they um how they normalize um uh toilet habits on American TV in the fifties. Wait, Leslie
2: and Ducey, were those the, were, were those the two girls from Two Girls, One Cup?
0: That that's their daughters. <laughs> that's their offspring. <laughs> they paved the way for Two Girls One Cup. We wouldn't have Two Girls One Cup without Leslie and Ducy. Ducy. Yeah. That's the whole point of the documentary. Oh, okay. It tracks that, that through line gotcha. from A to B. And then at the end people are like, wow. This, that's it's amazing. The, the cultural ramifications <laughs> of watching women shit on screen has been unheard for to explored in such a way <laughs> that we have uh, no hope but just shut everything down and pretend entertainment doesn't exist anymore. Um what's her name uh, uh, what was the name of her production company it, it's here somewhere De- Lucy Desiland um, Lucille Ball was a prominent mm-hmm. producer at the yeah. time uh, and she put uh, um, Star Trek on TV for her first time things like that she she, she has an outsized influence on American culture and uh, Amy Poehler going to make a documentary about it cool and yeah Sounds very cool Looking forward to that And I, you know, I've seen I Love Lucy's stuff When I was a kid I, I, well, exactly. I got it without being like Oh this is I, I watched Nick at Night So I saw all that stuff Nick at Night <laughs> I saw some of that Some of Dick Van Dyke I was you like mean oh, the, okay That's what TV was You
2: mean the Blank Van Blank show Chris it's 2020 We can't say those words anymore My bad
0: You know what Even Van is like <laughs> That's what they rendition Processors in so. it's, <laughs> well, like, it's the Blank
2: Blank Blank show yeah, With just, Blank 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 just, just
0: cut it all out <laughs> Alright that's what cancel culture does, Drew. It doesn't allow us to even say words.
2: I mean, the the, the entire point is that sh- of that show was that at some point in time, Dick Van Dyke fell over the coffee table. Mm-hmm. That was the funniest thing that happened every show, or, every
0: episode. Or the the ottoman. Yeah, yeah. That, was the, that was the funniest thing that happened every episode. Oh, well, he we did it so good. Take this guy. You Watch him fall every week. He's so good, Martha. Come in here. I said, Martha, <laughs> get in here. Oh, psh, bring <laughs> to the me- moon, Alice. To the moon, Alice. That's what TV teaches me. Uh, between uh, packs of Winston's, yes, yeah, s- sm- <laughs> smoke Winston's and beat your, beat your wife. It's totally okay. Smoke Winston's. It's good for your T zone. Four four doctors say you have asthma. Smoke a Winston. <laughs> um, AfterShock Comics is getting ready to publish the Kaiju Score. Kaiju mm. Score. Mm-hmm. Is a story of, uh, well, here we go. Co-creator and writer James Patrick says it's, quote, a Quentin Tarantino film taking place in some corner of a Godzilla movie.
2: So it's, uh, uh
0: what was that stupid hurricane heist movie? Hurricane heist.
2: It's hurricane heist. <laughs> so it's hurricane heist with kaiju instead of a hurricane.
0: Yes, it's kaiju heist. Well, actually, that's what it's called, right? It's called kaiju score. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um four criminals attempt the perfect heist in the middle of a giant monster attack on the city so this is and ter- things go awry. things go Ori. it's gonna turn into a movie with sony pictures so it hasn't even come out yet but it's been turned yeah, into a movie it could so, be all right so heads up guys for the kaiju score mm, speaking of it could be all right bloomhouse john carpenter in bed together making sweet sweet love but between sex sessions, they're also making movies. One of the things they're working on... Oh, what kind of babies are going to pop out of this? Oh, <laughs> hopefully a uh, a bone-snapping, twisty, Vaseline-covered one as they reboot the thing. Ooh, mm-hmm. just, go, just go practical effects, please. That's all I want. That's, the That's old, all I ask for. Er- everything else can be completely different, but I want practical alien effects. I want, I want weird effects. mutant dogs that fucking... Blurt out weird shit everywhere. Mm-hmm. I want all of that. that. Wow. Um, this news actually kind of slips almost accidentally. John Carpenter is doing a online Q and A, uh, talking about Halloween kills and specifically working on the score mm-hmm. for that. And someone asked him uh, about. Here we go. Carpenter was asked if he had talks with Bloom House chief Jason Bloom about directing any projects himself. Carpenter says, "I have. I don't know about that." But we've talked about, I think, he's going to be working on The Thing. Rebooting The Thing. I'm involved with that. Maybe down the road. So, wasn't even being asked about that. Was on anyone's, uh, like, notice board or mm-hmm. nothing. Uh-huh. He just let it dribble. Yeah, well, I think we're actually working on The Thing. <laughs> like, wait well, a second. It, it, it sounds like they've had conversations about yes. doing work together. Uh, that, that that's gonna that they're going to continue their uh, working relationship and The Thing be one of the no that's sign. fine I'll be into it I
2: mean I'm sure as John. I mean I'm sure all John Carpenter wants to do is sit in his fucking living room and play video games and smoke weed so. yeah
0: and watch basketball yeah. yeah um I put out some music here and Then he still likes putting out music which is cool I like his music I remember a few weeks ago we did that Quibi breakdown mm-hmm. and, and how bad it all went mm-hmm. and here's another sign of Quibi being like oh fuck what <laughs> Um, Remember, their whole point, the quick bites, Mm -hmm. it's uh, short form Mm -hmm. and phone only. Mm -hmm. So what do you think about a bunch of quick bites being put together in a long bite and shown in a drive-thru theater? Doesn't that defeat
2: the purpose of what they're trying Uh, to do?
0: 100%. (laughs) And if
2: you're going to do that, why you just release
0: it on YouTube, you fucking moron? So Quibi, which went live in April, uh, did a... Tuesday night screening of its thriller series, The Stranger, stitched together as a feature film. Uh, this is the first time I've seen it. On a big screen like this, creator Vina Sood told the 100-car audience on the Americana at Brand Parking Garage rooftop, The Stranger was made for your small screen. For your phone screen. we are showing the entire series to get into a feature. Each episode is divided by time cards, so see that as you watch. Uh, blah, 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 blah. It's a Dane DeHaan, Micah Monroe thriller which actually kind of cool they got a lot of big stars for, for this Quibi crap yeah
2: they paid a lot of money so they could fail fantastically
0: spectacularly in our faces um, the drive-in event presented in conjunction with Collider was an all-inclusive and fair dinner was provided by Umami Burger gift bag from Quibi included stranger branded t-shirts popcorn and movie theater treats rooftop was outfitted with two large screens our cars and their masked passengers packed in before 8.30. Mm -hmm. No, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know about any of that stuff. About a Quibi, a Quibi driving? Nope. Mm -mm. (laughs) Mm-mm. So yeah, Quibi Quibi continues to struggle to figure out who the hell they are, and we continue to sit back and And laugh laugh at them as it happens. Mm -hmm. Ha, 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 ha. You know how else is laughing? Who? Oh. To the bank, Justin Lin over at Universal. He just okay. signed a first look deal. Oh, nice. Good friend. He uh, delivered five hits in a row with Fast and Furious movies. Like he just made that series better and better oh. and more uh, profitable. Also did a uh, the Star Trek Beyond mm-hmm. for them. So he's jumping back into bed. They're going to do a first look option. So anything he comes up with. NBC Universal gets to see it first, and they get the choice of uh, picking it up or not. Picking it up, and that includes a TV deal, which uh, they need for um, Peacock. Yep, that Peacock. So yeah, uh-huh. Justin, good for him. Good for him. That's exactly my thing. Yeah. Uh, the Batman trailer came out, right? We talked about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, within a few days of it coming out, someone solved a riddle, solved a puzzle that was within the trailer. Okay, there was uh, just a an image of like Bruce Wayne's like notebook, and it had like a cryptic uh, like encodes, mm-hmm. and someone just like paused that, figured Copyright. it out after a yeah. couple hours, and it was a very corny little riddle. Uh, the riddle is, uh, "What what does the liar do when he dies?" And the answer is, "He lies still." <clears throat> Uh, So that was So obviously It doesn't seem to be Much of a spoiler there But Someone solved that Also Someone else Thinks they figured Something else out Regarding the Riddler Okay Riddler looks crazy All you see of him Is just The the, mask The mask This person tweets I recently felt like An even bigger weirdo Than normal When I was able To immediately identify Riddler's mask As an idealized version Of a US military Extreme cold weather mask And then pictures of him side by side there, as you can see.
2: Oh, yeah.
0: And they are pretty much uh, yeah, the uh-huh. same thing. I like it's a slightly yeah. altered version, obviously, and he's wearing eyeglasses over his mask, mm-hmm. but uh, he's wearing the U.S. military mask. Um, and then some people, with that information, decide to look at his jacket and be like, you know what? Military. That could be a military jacket. Is this Rittler uh, ex-military? Who knows? There we go. We'll little, find out. A little clue into his backstory. Apparently... Jeffrey Wright on the set of Batman walks right by Colin Farrell in his Cobblepot makeup. Has no idea who he is. Yeah, and then it's like, oh shit, are you Colin Farrell? That's that's ridiculous. You got to imagine mm-hmm. Jeffrey Wright. Mm-hmm. Jeffrey Wright's uh, his voice. Speaking of Jeffrey Wright, Westworld. Mm-hmm. Westworld team. Mm-hmm. They're working on another Michael Crichton adaptation for HBO. Okay. Sphere. Ooh. Did you ever read that? No. You didn't read that one. Did you see the movie? Yes. Actually, see. So you made the wrong choice there. Mm-hmm. You got, you got it wrong. Yeah. Uh, very entertaining book. Wild book about scientists who find the spaceship that has apparently crashed or who knows how long ago at, like, the bottom of the ocean. They get down there. They get inside. And they they find a sphere uh, that uh, can, like, read their mind, It knows things. It knows things. And it's, like, changing them. And whatever their, uh, like, fears are become manifested. Mm-hmm. Uh Movie's got Dustin Hoffman, Sharon Stone, uh, Samuel Jackson. Yeah. Very good cast. Yeah. Very bad movie. Mm-hmm. But I enjoyed the book. So now it's looking like Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy, they're, uh, their company is Kilter Films. And they're working with Susan and Robert Downey Jr.'s production company, Team Downey, and Warner Brothers TV. Because obviously it's HBO. Cool. I'm in. Uh, they all write the pilot for a series book came out in 87 All right, there we go. Uh, makes me want to reread the book ahead of time because I remember enjoying it very mm, much I went through yeah. a thing in the in the uh, early 90s right, right around sixth grade of reading a lot of Creighton Grisham uh, those are my big two actually mm. I guess
2: so you turned into a middle-aged man in your preteens
0: yeah good job hey it was either that or I keep reading Henry Huggins I, <laughs> I had to make the leap at some point to more adults fair right Jurassic Park was the one that did it for me. Mm. I, I'll send in to read my kid's book in fifth grade, look over at my friend sitting next to me, and his book has a picture of a dinosaur on it. Uh, yeah! What are you, what are, what are what are you reading? He's like, oh, man, <laughs> let me tell you about this. Um, and there we go. Yeah, the, the Grisham, though, was inexcusable. <laughs> then I started reading um, Signs of the Lambs. Then I got to the description of a, of a, of a prisoner, like, throwing jizz. At Clarice Sterling, Starling. And I was like, wait, it's the under- You're like, wait, what? Was like, wait, it's like, you can do that? <laughs> Excuse me. Wait, where do I get this stuff from? <laughs> How does this work? This isn't a Spider Man novel. Wait, is it? Maybe it is. So last week we talked about um, that Universal Chief stepping down mm-hmm. Ron Meyer because mm-hmm. of uh, an affair he had mm-hmm. with an actress who then apparently he was being extorted for that. Mm -hmm. So he's just like, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm just going to quit. And then it was rumored that one of the extorters was that actress's current uh, Mm -hmm. boyfriend Mm -hmm. partner, who is Neil Marshall, the director. uh, He of course is denying that, Mm -hmm. but who's not really trying to buy those denials is this talent agency verve who has dropped him. There we go. As a client. He just signed with him in November. Uh, so, dig is not looking good for, for Neil Marshall. There's a new movie out starring this lady. Starring. I'm uh, go figure. Charlotte Kirk, exactly. So, that's just a quick update on last week's story there. That's all that's happening. Fun. Um, Nicolas Cage. Mm-hmm. Voice acting. Yes. For a new uh, series coming to Amazon. Okay. And it is uh, based on a book called High Fire. High Fire is from the author of uh, Artemis Fowl. I can't... E-O-I-N. It's probably Ian. Probably. Probably. Ian Kolfa. Book described as true detective by way of Pete's Dragon. Will be adapted for TV. Genre-bending live-action High Fire is a gritty crime thriller with doses of magical realism. Its central character, High Fire, that's like his cage, is a vodka-drinking... Flash dance loving dragon who lives an isolated existence in the bayous of Louisiana <laughs> So Nick Cage is playing
2: Steven Seagal mm-hmm. in <laughs> <laughs>
0: Gimme some of that vodka see here I'm gonna heat up this gumbo with my fire breath <laughs> Oh man Um yeah it sounds ridiculous it sounds ridiculous. Uh... <laughs> More details about High Fire. Once upon a time, dragons ruled the earth, and Lord High Fire ruled the dragons from his ire. But this is not once upon a time. This is now, and now all Lord High Fire rules, is a shack in Louisiana's Honey Island Swamp. He's gone playing old Vern, and by day he hides out among the alligators, watches cable TV, and drinks obscene amounts of vodka. There isn't much of a life, but he's alive to live it. Oh, he, he, uh, he meets a human team named Squib who becomes mixed up in some trouble while running booze for the local mob. Their mutual struggle for survival becomes entangled in the most unlikely of friendships. starting in the cage.
2: Okay. Yeah. So he's a drunk dragon. Fun. Drunk
0: drunk dragon. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what we got? Yeah, about five minutes here. Okay. Let's start wrapping this thing up with our last few stories. Spike Lee is producing... A uh, a film called Son of the South Okay The film is S-U-N or S-O-N 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 well, good, good question sir. That's a good question First time director Barry Alexander Brown He uh, is a Spike Lee collaborator And one of his editors He edited Black Klansman mm-hmm. Do the Right Thing uh, But he brought this story to Spike Lee And he convinced him To uh, help him produce it uh, Son of the South Son of the South uh, tells the true story of Bob Zellner, a descendant of Klansmen who became the first white field secretary of civil rights group, the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee. Um, but, 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 but the most one, I thought one of the most interesting things here is uh, where he had to convince Spike Lee. I can't find it. He has to convince them that it's not just a white savior movie. Mm-hmm. He's not making a movie about a white guy who's like, I gotta stop the racist. And then the black people are like, oh, thank God, Whitey gets it. It's a movie about how the movement saves the white guy. That it, it's the other way around. And then he's in their debt. <laughs> yes. Yes, forever. Uh, so, <clears throat> we'll see. That sounds interesting. Son of the South. Lord Miller. Mentioned already. Mm-hmm. They got a new series okay. that they're producing. I mean, we already mentioned last week, they're producing so much stuff. This one that they're producing just came out, this news. A uh, series that will be set in Miami and will be centered on a Cuban-American woman and her family. Okay. So sort of imagine like a My Big Fat Cuban... Cuban Kitsi whatever. Era. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, Natalie Morales and Serena Fiallo will be the... Uh, the producers and showrunners, writers, directors, etc., cetera, et cetera. Morales and Fialo are also best friends. oh! Huh. So, they'll have that kind of energy going yep. for it. Obviously, part of the reason why Lord Miller is interested in this is because uh, Phil Lord is himself mm. half Cuban. There you go. His mom's a Cuban. <clears throat> um what is, did we do this one yep here we go Fox Oh, this is a very fascinating story actually so in 20 I think it says here 2016 maybe even more recently uh no, yeah 2015 a variety article came out that had a breakdown of uh the demographic breakdown of TV directors on um FX white needs 85 percent white men uh John landgraf. Is the chairman of effects, and he saw that article and he was like fuck. As a white dude, he's like fuck that ain't good. Um, so he said about to change it. Landgraf admitted that he was ashamed by this number and his initial reaction was defensiveness. But he added those figures were an indictment of the entire industry and that the whole thing was rotten. Um, so blah 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 blah. the. The new number, here we go, for 2021, technically, for shows coming out next year, that in production. uh, 63% of directors for FX will be women and people of color. Nice. So that 85% number has dropped quite a bit, which is great. And then uh, Landgraf says, not surprisingly, uh, where is it? I, mean, I don't remember the exact quote. He, he said, uh, "Not surprisingly, the uh, quality has gone up. Good. I was just about to say that's
2: the thing that matters. I don't care. I don't give a fuck if you're <clears> man, woman, black, white, <clears> Asian. <throat> Makes a difference. Mm-hmm. If
0: you make good television, I will watch it. And uh, yeah, he says here, as it turns out, they were hiding in plain sight. He also noted that the quality of work we got from this new crop of directors was superior to what they had before." And that's because if you, you're you only pulling for one talent pool, then you're thinning out that talent pool. Every time you pull somebody new. Yeah, but if you're just going, if you open that up and now it's all people are available, now you're getting the absolute best no matter mm-hmm. what the, the gender demographic is or the color uh, binary, etc. or whatever. Mm-hmm. None of that should matter, like you said. It's all about the talent. But the, in order for the true talent to really be established, uh, it has to be a level playing field. That's the only way a merit-based economy or society works. You uh, can't be born on third base, and I say you hit a triple. Mm-hmm. And then you'll be all proud, like, I hit a triple, look at me. Motherfucker. You were born on third. Uh, nope, get back, get back, get back. So there we go, good for FX, good for that white man. Uh, everyone praise that white man. Thank you, Whitey. Hashtag thank you, Whitey. Wakanda forever. The... Uh, Oh, yeah, this one, I pulled this because I think you'll find this interesting. The Batman has a possible clue or a hint at the Court of Owls. Ooh, fun. Right? I like Court of Owls. So there's a quick shot of a uh, greeting card that has the clue in the mm-hmm. beginning of the trailer, and on the very front of the card, just before they flip it open, there's a picture of an owl, but it's like a very specific kind of big gold-eyed owl, so it does sort of look Court of Owlish, ish no. And... And then, uh, so people started trying to put two and two together. Oh, and then it says who W H O O O question mark. So there's the owl. Kind of they kind of color corrected that shot so you can oh, see. Oh no, better. yeah, that is uh, uh-huh. That's pretty yeah, That's Court of Owls. No, And that then, is yeah.
2: And then so it says secret, secret friend on there too. <laughs>
0: From your secret friend. Who?
2: Fucking Heart of Owls.
0: And then someone pointed out that, um, so Batman's gauntlets on his arms, mm-hmm. they look like the gauntlets used by a specific talon, one of mm-hmm. the owls. Uh, so, and then there's a picture of them side by side. Yeah. So his gauntlets look very similar. Yeah, they do. So is that just a matter of production design, just pulling from something that you like, could or be. is it a direct... <clears throat> is I that mean, happening?
2: W- once again, could be. I mean... For me, the most fun about the whole Court of Owls story. I mean, yeah, the Talons were cool. Mm-hmm. You know, all this kind of alternate history mm-hmm. that you didn't, you know, unknown history and things of that nature. But it was, the best part was, it was Batman had no idea what the fuck was going on. Well, like, know, he actually had to be a detective again.
0: It's fine. It's fine to <laughs> just say that. So, so let's get to uh, this quote here that they pull for, oh, come on. It's a good quote. A Matt Reeves quote. Here we go. Now. Here we are. This is Matt Reeves at DC's Fandom. You see Batman's not having any of the effect that he wants to have yet. And this is when the murder started to happen. The murders begin to describe the sort of history of Gotham in a way that only reinforces what he knows about Gotham, but it opens up a whole new world of corruption that went much farther. But as that story starts to come out, without being an origin tale for him, touches on his origins. No. So could that could that be? No. Could that be? We'll see. Let's wrap this baby up with, final story, Chris Hemsworth. Speaking of Hemsworth, uh, Jesus number six in my Jesus movie where oh, we okay. have ten Jesuses. Gotcha. Most of them Hemsworths or Skarsgårds. Yes. I mean, two of them already have Jesus abs. Hell yeah, the, the, the largest
2: of the two clans already have Jesus' abs. Hey, you know, <laughs>
0: lifting the weight of the world on your shoulders like that? <laughs> it's going to get you ripped, bro. How much can you lift, bro? Jesus Jesus lifts a lot. Uh, I remember there was a, it's probably still out there uh, in the 90s. I remember a t-shirt design mm-hmm. that was a, a ripped Jesus doing a push-up. With a cross on his back, and then some sort of like ins- inspirational mm-hmm. thing. It was meant to be like, work out like Jesus, but yeah. also he died for your sins, mm-hmm. but he's a strong guy about it. Mm-hmm. So, it's so strange. So, anyway, Strong Jesus, Chris Hemsworth, uh, is being looked at for a role in the Mad Max prequel. Okay. Yes. Uh, so we may be losing this Charlie Sterone. That's a bummer because, uh, George Miller contemplated doing the aging but was like, it's just not there. I don't want to do it. I'll just cast someone younger. Uh, So Theron's heartbroken. We're all sad. But Hemsworth, uh, maybe looking at the role of Dementus, who it's not said, not sure whether Dementus is a hero or villain. Mm -hmm. That sounds like. I mean, it sounds like. It sounds like goddamn villain. Um, Dementus is described as um, breathtakingly handsome with an angel's face scarred by a deep forehead wound stitched together with shiny chrome staples. Yeah. 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 So there we go. Uh, that's your final story. Chris Hemsworth in Mad Max.
2: Right. To, and then I wonder if he'll bring back Tom Hardy. Makes sense. I mean, there. Mr. Hemsworth is an Australian.
0: Australian, that makes sense. Let's get the Australians in here represent our boys, our peeps. Um, and then he can uh, he can bring in Santa Claus. They can find Santa Claus like tanning by the beach. It's like boys, that's been Christmas in years. <laughs> <laughs> I can't afford the reindeer no more. I couldn't feed them. I had to eat them.
2: Well, that and you know the North Pole melted. Cause, and the you know. North Pole
0: melted, so now I don't have a home anymore either. You know, it's it's rough out here. It's rough out here for a Santa pimp. Um, well I guess that's the end of the episode so Juicer Collieburn, Cogburn thank you sir you're welcome Chris and uh, listen guys at patreon.com slash CrestBody so in a few days uh, maybe even by now by the time you're hearing this there will be a spoiler filled review of Tenet more like we're trying to figure out what we saw on Tenet and then in episode 400 we're gonna have a spoiler free review so that's what's on the docket we're looking forward to it wish us luck and uh, we'll be back with more stuff assuming we survive that's what we survive peace out Oh wait no, uh, yeah, all that stuff. I'll just cu- I'll just cut it from last week. You know the kill your kill your masters and the eat the rich stuff. I should just cut that out and play it as a drop. The Rihanna Taylor cops they need to be arrested. You can, you can make it into a button. That's what I'm saying. I should, <laughs> I should make it into a button and just drop it in. And the Black Lives mm-hmm. Matter and all that because that's mm-hmm. never gonna go away. That's never gonna end. Mm-hmm. I keep forgetting to say it. Mm-hmm. It's got to say
1: it. Peace out.